Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, Season 5, Episode number 26. I've got another good topic to discuss with y'all today. Um, I've been reading a lot, and this has been a discussion for, for a few years, but I've been reading a lot lately about block drills versus random drills. And I'm starting to hear more and more people talk about how you know, block drills are not really, you know, they don't transfer to the game and talk hear all this negative talk about uh block drills. But what I wanna do is I want I wanna I wanna discuss the difference between block drills and random drills and how to use them effectively in one on one training. And the reason why I wanna talk about one on one training is because me personally when I work with a lot of kids, um, I work with them in a private one-on-one session. So I know that there are going to be parents that's out there that may be listening to this that take their kid to the gym when gyms open back up and work with them in a one-on-one setting. They may work with them in the backyard, and they may hear all this stuff about block drills and on-air drills, and you got to add a defense if you want the kids' skills to transfer over to the game. And so – there's there is some truth in that, but it must be taken in context within context. Um, so, you know, with me, when I train, I do all my of course, all my training goes on in the evening. And so I may have four or five sessions back to back. I can't go out there and guard players for four or five hours straight so they can hopefully transfer what we're doing from the practice court to the game court. So I've had to come up with creative ways to be able to do some block training, do some random training, and and hopefully that that translate over to the game. But one thing that people don't talk about that I'm going to hit on is the players' personalities. That plays a huge part in whether or not block drills can transfer to the game or random drills transfer to the game. Uh, so that's something I'm going to get into. Um, so... Before we get started, uh, y'all make sure to stay on after the show. I'm going to give you all my contact information and how you can follow me on social media. And um, I give you all that information. So let's let's dive right into this thing. So season five, episode number 26, block drills versus random drills, how to use them effectively in one on one training. Again, I'm just talking about one on one, not group training, not team training, not camps, not clinics, because I think at that point, we're looking at a different dynamic. So before we really dive into that, let's talk about what, what are block drills and what are random drills. So block drills is doing or repping the same skill over and over. Okay. It's just the players on autopilot. There's no thinking. There's no decision making. Players are just repping the skill. And I tell players this. That's when I'm working with a player, I tell them, look, I've removed the 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 option for you to make a decision. I've removed that. I, I, you don't you don't have to worry about should I dribble, should I pass, should I shoot. I'm telling you exactly what to do. Um, so they can be on autopilot and not really focus on what they're doing because they don't have to think. So you know they just just do. They just do. But there are some pros and cons to block drills, and let's let's talk about the pros. First, okay, uh, 
The pros to block drills is you can focus on one skill at a time. Okay. There are some drills where I work with players and we'll do multiple skills. We'll work on changing direction. We'll work on our feet. We'll work on passing. We'll work on our weekend and we'll work on shooting. I, there are different drills or different things that you can work on. You can put all that into one drill and a player could struggle with all those that I mentioned, or they may struggle with one or two of them, but in block drills, and don't get me wrong, you can still do block drills that way. But I'm talking about I have a player that's struggling with their footwork. So we're just going to focus on their footwork. Okay, I can still have a player uh, catch on the wing, dribble to the block, pass to the corner, cut to the elbow, catch and shoot. That's a block drill because we're doing the same thing over and over and over again. But in this sense of what I'm talking about, you can focus on one skill at a time. There can be quick improvement. So now you have to ask yourself, oh, the player is getting better. I see improvement. Are they getting better at the actual skill or are they getting better at the drill? There is a difference. Um, There are going to be some drills where players can master the drill and not master the technique or the skill. Perfect example are stationary ball handling drills. I can show a player a sequence of dribble moves to make in a stationary position. It could be pound, pound, side to side, cross, cross between the legs, behind the back. Pound, pound, side to side, uh, cross, cross between the legs, behind the back. And they can do that repeatedly over and over and over again. And they may mess up a lot in the beginning. But once they get past the notion of trying to remember what to do, then they uh, get to where they can do the drill. Then the drill will get, they will then get to where they can go a little bit quicker. Then they will go maybe three reps before making a mistake. Then it goes to five reps before making a mistake. Then it goes to 10 or 12. Then they may be able to do it for a set period of time and not make any mistakes. So you have to ask yourself, are they getting better at the skill and the technique or are they getting better at the drill? Okay. Um, so you can see some quick improvement, but that's a question you have to ask yourself in the back of your mind and you have to keep, keep an understanding of it could be either one of those. Okay. Um, simple way to practice. Very simple. Okay. I I can have you do some stationary ball handling. Um, I can have you do some passing up against the wall. I can have you do some passing with a partner or passing to me. I can have you stand in the corner, shoot 10 shots, go to the wing, shoot 10 shots, go to the elbow, shoot 10 shots. I can have you dribble from the wing to the basket and shoot 10 layups, do the same thing on the left side. Very simple. If you came in on Monday and you shot 10 layups on the right side and you made four and you come in on Friday and you're making six, you know, automatically goes back to that quick improvement. Oh, you gotten better. You were making four. Now you're making six. Okay. So it can be a simple way to practice. And also, it can often look good. So when I have parents come in and watch their kid and and we're doing some shooting, you know, it looks good. Oh, my kid is making buckets. My my kid has been able to handle the ball better. They can dribble up and down the court without without making a mistake. So it's it's a little deceiving. It's a little deceiving, but... It can't often look good, okay? So what are some cons to block training? 
doesn't necessarily transfer to the game. Stationary ball handling doesn't necessarily transfer to the game. Cone dribbling, where you set them up in a zigzag pattern or even in a straight line, and you dribble around the cones and you dribble through the cones, that doesn't necessarily transfer to the game. But we're going to get into there is a place for that, and there's a reason why you could do those drills. Okay, um, Another con, the game is not played that way. You're not going to stand in the corner and shoot 10, re- 10 shots repeatedly. Okay, um, You might come down the court and shoot from the corner off a catch and shoot. Then the next couple of trips come down, you might shoot a three-pointer on the left wing. Then you might come down a couple of trips later and you shoot a pull-up off the dribble. Then you might come down later on in the game and shoot a left-handed layup. Then you might come down and a couple of trips later and shoot a floater. So it's random, right? It's, it's random. Um, so the game's not played the way where we stay in one spot and we shoot or we do the same technique over and over and over again. Okay? Another con, there's no decision-making. When you're doing a block drill, I mentioned this just a minute ago, there's no decision-making. You're just doing what you do. You do it repeatedly. You do it over and over and over and over and over again. Okay? There's no decision-making. Um, and then also, this is something else I just mentioned, improvement can be, can be misleading. You will think that you're doing really well, and you could be, but you may not be doing it as well as you think you are because there's no defender guarding you. There's no one in your way. There's no one that's trying to take something away from you. And this is something that I often tell my players. I tell the kids I'm working with, say, hey, you know, you're doing fine right now because there's nobody guarding you. But there are certain details that I, I try to pay attention to and give them so they'll understand why we're doing something and how this can be effective in the game. But when you are being guarded, there are certain things that you have to do. And sometimes when we're not being guarded or we're just repping out a drill, we go to autopilot and we don't focus on what we're doing. Right. Okay. so um, breakthrough basketball. I went to their website and I was just, you know, looking up some stuff. Breakthrough basketball discuss. Uh, block drills on their website and they were talking about constant and variable block drills so constant just like what i was saying is just we're just gonna stand in the corner we're gonna catch and shoot right we're doing the same thing same technique over and over and over again i'm gonna stay in the corner shoot 10 shots or i'm gonna dribble to the block i'm gonna make a pass and then i'm gonna run to the elbow catch and shoot i'm just gonna do the same thing over and over and over again for a set of not set number of reps or for a set amount of time. All right. Um, variable is different. It's still block training, but it's going to be different. That could be I catch and shoot in the corner. I go to the wing, catch and shoot, go to the elbow, catch and shoot, go to the top, catch and shoot, go to the opposite elbow, catch and shoot. And I continue to work my way around those seven spots. I'm still doing the same shot. I'm still executing the same skill. I'm just doing them in random spots on the floor. Okay? So it's still a catch and shoot. But instead of just shooting five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row from the corner, I might shoot from the corner and then I may go to the top. Go to the opposite corner, come to the top. 
go back to the corner. So I'm still doing the same thing, but it's just different spots. Uh, and, I, and again, I can go for sets or for reps, okay? All right, so that's block drills. That's an overview of block drills right there. Now let's talk about random drills. Random drills are performing a drill that involves decision-making. It could be multiple skills and sometimes a defense, okay? So when we're doing random, there's no set course of what we're going to do. It's a mixture. Okay, we're going we're gonna to mix this thing up. So let's talk about some pros. Best way to transfer to the game is random drills. You're not going to have a player in a game, just like I was saying, you may shoot a three-pointer in the corner. Next trip down, you might shoot a layup. A couple trips later, you may come off of a down screen and catch and shoot. A couple trips later, you may be in transition and, and make a jumper. It's just random. You just don't know where your shot's going to come from. You don't know if it's going to be off the dribble. It's going to be off the catch. It may be pick and roll. It may be dribble handoff. Uh, it may be a driving kick to you. It may be a lob to the basket. It may be a backdoor cut. It's random. Okay? So some of these drills transfer better to the game. Um, another pro of, of random drills, defense can add randomness. When you have a defender, that defender is reacting to the offensive player. The offensive, offensive player has to react to the defensive player. So they're reacting off of each other. So they're reacting off of each other. Okay? So... Uh, I'm sorry if y'all hear something in the background. You know, with us in this quarantine, it's been, <laughs> we got people driving by hunking their horn for for some reason. But anyway, uh, back to what I was saying. So defense can add randomness, okay? Defense can add randomness. So when they're reacting off of each other, you don't really know what they're going to do. So now the offense has to do a number of different things, just like in the game. Uh, it's a better way to improve their IQ, Okay. So when we're doing random drills, I, can, I, I have a better way of improving that player's IQ because of the randomness in the drills. And it's not necessarily just I'm going autopilot and I just do the same thing over and over again. Okay. So what are some cons of random drills? They can look ugly. Therefore, there would be a lot of mistakes. I say that not saying that that's a con in a bad way. But you'll have some coaches that's that or some parents that will look at them and be like, okay, this ain't working. They messing up. They making mistakes. They missing shots. They losing the basketball. They dribbling off their foot. Oh, my goodness. So when they look at it in that sense, that could be a con. Because when you're, when you're looking at the messiness of a, of a randomness drill versus a block drill that can look real good, you may say, nah, I need to see that they're improving. How can I tell that they're improving? I need to see, I need to do more block drills. But that's not necessarily true. Um, players can become easily frustrated. So when you're doing a random drill, whether you have a defense or not, and you're forcing them to make decisions and they, and they make mistakes, they can get frustrated. I was working with a kid the other night, and he kept making mistakes, and he would want to start over. And I tell players, coach, this is this is a little tidbit. Listen to me. Don't allow players 
to stop in the middle of a drill because they didn't do it perfect or they didn't do exactly what they wanted you to do, let them finish that rep. Don't allow them to stop and start over. Because I hear coaches talk about, oh, you can't do that in the game. Yeah, you, you're right. You can't. You, there's certain things you can't do in the game or a certain drill don't transfer over to the game, but you're allowing players to start a rep, make a mistake, and then start over again. You definitely can't do that in the game. That makes no sense to me. So I tell them, even if I tell you to we're going to shoot off the dribble, you know, dribble up, go between the legs and shoot the jumper. If you come down and have a quick brain freeze and you go behind the back, don't stop and say, oh, I messed up. I didn't go between the legs. You're still getting reps in. So go ahead and finish it out. Come back, make the adjustment, and then shoot the ball. So that's just that's just a pet peeve of mine. Don't I, I don't allow players to uh, stop in the middle of a drill because they feel like they made a mistake. I tell them, I'm the only one to tell you when to stop. If I don't say stop, keep going, okay? All right, so let's get an example of this. Instead of just catch and shoot, uh, the player could catch and drive. Then they could finish at the rim. Another rep could be they could shoot a pull-up. Um, they can drive and kick and then relocate to another spot. It's a number of different things that they can do. So instead of that player just standing in the corner, catching and shooting for 10 reps, I may throw it to them. And they may catch and shoot. They may run to another spot on the floor. I throw it to them. They might drive and kick and then relocate for a catch and shoot. Or they may work on a change of direction to a pull-up. And, and, and you, depending on that player's maturity level, you can have them decide what they're going to do, or you can give them cues. You can give them verbal, uh, verbal cues for them to do something. So you may say, hey, I'm going to give you five verbal cues. This is what I want you to do. This word is for this. This is for that. Or this, this sign is for this. And so it's a number of things that you can do. Um, so now let's talk about how training and practice used to be. 20 years ago when I played, well, actually I finished playing in 2001, I did a lot of block training. Okay, And this goes into the mentality of the player right here, what I'm just to talk about. Block training. I would do stationary ball handling, dribble around cones. Um, you know, the gym I was at, I would be able to make passes up against the wall, or you could have a partner and make passes. Uh, you would get high volume rep shooting, and just the mentality was a little bit different then. So even even long time ago, you know, you had one on one. We had a lot of three on three tournaments when I was coming up in like junior high, middle school, junior high, and five on five. And I know some coaches, and I'm not saying everybody was like this. We used to play a lot of a lot more five on five and stuff like that. But some coaches was apprehensive of that because they would say, oh, too much street ball for you is bad for your game. You could pick up bad habits. Okay? You could pick up bad habits. But this is what I mean by the player's mentality. I did a lot of block training when I worked with my dad. My dad used to work, you know, take me to the gym. And even when, when I got older and got in college, you know, I would go to the gym on my own. Well, I know my wife is listening to this. She would come to the gym with me and keep track of, of, of my stats and how I was shooting. So I wasn't technically alone. I would work out by myself, but I had my wife there to take some notes for me. So, I, I would, I, I know that's, <laughs> I had to put that in there. 
Because if she hear it and say, oh, you went to the gym by yourself? Okay. So I, I digress. <laughs> All right. So um, I would do that. And um, But here's the thing. My mentality was my pull-up, I've got to get better at making a move out of triple threat and get into a pull-up. So I would, I would work on it. You know, just block training 10 times to the right. If I didn't hit eight, or nine, then I would do it again. If I hit six, I would go again. If I hit seven, I would go again until I hit eight or nine. Then I would do the same thing going left from one spot, from let's say the right wing. I would go 10 times to the right, 10 times to the left until I got it down. And then I would do the same thing from the top of the key in the other wing. So I would do that consistently. And then I got to a point to where I didn't have to do it 10 times I would just do it till I had that feel. I might make three, four, five in a row. Okay, I'm going to move on. So let me go the other way. Oh, I missed two or three in a row. Let me get this right. Let me get this feeling back. Okay, now I got it. Let me move on. So that's what I would do. Then I would turn around, and when I would play pickup basketball, I would deliberately work on that stuff. I didn't play pickup basketball just to be goofing off and playing pickup. I used it as a measuring stick. And then if there was something I struggled with, I would go back to my practice and I will work on those things. So that's why I talk about your mentality. So I would have, I have certain players that I could do a bunch of block training with because I know they're going to play pickup and they're going to play one-on-one. They don't have a problem playing five on five or going to the rec center, or going to the gym or going in the backyard, going to a neighbor's house and playing against them. And I could tell them, Hey, I want you to work on this and they'll work on it. But then I would have some players I would say, hey, I need you to work on this. And they're not going to go play the kid down the street. They're not going to ask their parents to take them to the, rec, to the rec center so they can play pickup basketball. So I know I have to train them in a different way. So instead of us saying you can't do block drills and everything's got to be random and everything's got to transfer over to the game, it, all come, it also comes down to the player's mentality and how they are applying what you are teaching them if they're not getting anywhere else then yes you need to try to add some type of randomness decision making uh defense to your training sessions but if your player is playing on a on a aau team and they do a lot of scrimmaging they're doing a lot of up and down you know they do a lot of one-on-ones in practice king of the court queen of the court and but they're not getting the reps that they need, then that might be what you need to focus on. Okay, if they have good technique, they have good understanding of the game, then that might be what you need to what you need to focus on. So we 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 uh, so many coaches want to put everything in a cookie cutter and say, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And we put every player in there, and it's gonna come out like we want it to be. That's not true. That that's not true. That is that that has that is not true at all. Okay. Every player is different. Every player that you train or coach mentality is different. And you have to understand that player. You can't just say, or you shouldn't just say, everybody is gonna be thrown in this together and it's gonna come out this magical way. It don't work like that. And I've been doing this for 19 years. I'm not saying that I know more than anybody else, 
But from what I've seen and what I've experienced, um, I tried to do all block training um, and it just it, it, it doesn't work like that. You can't just do block training, block training, block training. But at the same time, I can't just do all randomness training. You just you just can't. There are going to be times when you're going to have to isolate skills and break things down. But there are going to be some players you can do more block training with than others. But you have to understand um, the difference between the two. Okay. All right. So is block training bad for developing the individual player? No. I think you just heard my rant. No, it's not. It's not bad for the individual player. Um. Here's the thing you got to remember. It depends on the objectives and goals for that player. Okay? What is it that you're trying to accomplish within that drill? I don't know how I can stress this anymore. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish within that drill. If your player that you're training or coaching is struggling with handling the ball versus pressure in a game or in practice, and you decide to work with that player on that particular skill, and you say, hey, you're not handling the ball well against pressure, and you decide to get two basketballs or a tennis ball, or you have him or her dribble, do extra ball handling, stationary ball handling drills, and you know, after practice or before practice, or dribble through cones, those block drills are not going to translate over to the game. That's not going to help them. If you see that there's something wrong with their technique, yes. Oh, your technique, you're dribbling too high. We got to work on you getting a little bit lower. Let's work on your technique. Uh, But then at the same time, you might say, let's work on your technique for five minutes. Then we're going to add a defender. Hey, Chris, Sarah, y'all come here. You know, whoever you're working. So if you're working with a girl, you might say, hey, Sarah, I need you and Michelle to come in real quick. All right, she just got finished doing five minutes of stationary ball handling. I want one of you to guard her all the way down. And, you know, I want one of you on one end, one on the other end, guard her all the way down, and then we're going to come back. I just need y'all just pressuring, just pressuring her. We got we to get her better at handling the ball versus pressure. Then when they get good at just one defender, oh, okay, well, we're going to add a second defender. Now let me see you handling the ball against two defenders. That's how you help them get better way handling the ball versus pressure. If a player is not shooting the ball well and they're missing shots, if their technique is fine, but they're just missing shots because they're not used to shooting against a contested, shooting a contested shot, then that's what they need to practice on. They don't need to spend a whole lot of time doing form shooting. You see what I'm saying? So we got to know when to use the randomness and when to use the block drills. But we can't just say, we don't we don't use any of it. Okay, and I hope that I hope that makes sense. Um, so let's just that's the skill breakdown. Your technique is your technique need to be improved, or do you need something that's going to transfer more to a game? I think that if you spend so much time just trying to do tr- game transfer, okay, guys, all right, ladies. You know, we're going to just do some three-on-three. We're not going to worry about teaching the technique or working on the technique, and you just do three-on-three or do five-on-five or one-on-one. I think those players are still going to have some holes in their game. So I think you got to – you have to progress 
you know, block drills and random drills is like a progression. This is my starting point. This is where I want to get. Now I have, <clears throat> I have a, a a pair of brothers that come in and work together. We don't do a lot of block shooting. Um, we'll do some of that, but then we always transition into doing something against the defense. That's just that's just kind of how I do it with them. Okay. So, how do you use block and random drills effectively? And one-on-one training. Now we've gotten to the, to towards the end of this. I'm gonna get through this pretty quickly, and I'm gonna give you my my contact information and how you can follow me on social media. Um, but how do you use block and random drills effectively in one-on-one training? All right, so use block drills to teach technique and get understanding of how to do something. So, what is use shooting? Because people use shooting a lot in block drills and 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 dribbling too, but if I want to teach technique, I need to do block drills. Okay, I just I just really feel that way. If a player is learning how to shoot, if a player is learning their technique, learning their follow through, then they need to use block drills. You need to use block drills to get high volume reps. Focusing on technique. So if a player, um, sometimes what happens is a player is not shooting the ball well because they're not getting up enough reps. So I heard this from Gilbert Arenas. I was listening to his podcast a little while back, and he mentioned how he was getting up so many shots in the offseason. But then when the season came along, he cut that number nearly in half. So let's say, for instance, he was making 500 shots a day. But then when the season came along, he cut that in half to where he was only making 250 shots a day. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that his shooting stayed the same? Or do you think his shooting increased, stayed the same, or decreased? Because instead of making 500 shots a day, seven days a week, 3,500 shots, 14,000 shots in a month, he's making 7,000 shots in a month because you got to think about this when the season starts a really good player is only going to get about if you're a high school player you you get 12 to 15 shots a night okay and there are some exceptions to the rules some get more some get less but you might get 12 12 shots a night 12 to 15 shots a night so if you're used to making 500 shots a day Let's say it takes you 700. Is 715 shots going to have a big effect on you? Totally, if you took, if you made 500 shots in the morning, let's say it takes you 700 shots to make those, and then you came back that night and you took 15 shots, do you think that's going to have a negative effect on you? No, I don't think so. So he noticed that his shooting was taking a little dip. And he said, well, I'm not shooting near as many shots as I have been shooting. So I'm going to I'm gonna up it back up to 500 shots. And I can't remember verbatim exactly what he was saying, but that's the gist of what he was talking about. Um, so if you want to get high volume, high reps, then use block shooting. Okay, Use block drills as a refresher 
if the player is struggling in a particular area. So, again, if if your handle is off, your footwork is off, you know, maybe it's something with your passing, maybe it's something with your shooting, yeah, I'm going to get some block drills up just to kind of, you know, make sure my technique is like it's supposed to be. I need a refresher. You know, that's that's cool. But here's the thing you got to do. You got to hold players accountable for their focus on what they are doing. Okay? When they get that feeling, like they can tell the difference between when they're doing it the, the correct way versus the, the incorrect way, that tells you you can look to move on. Okay? So if I'm working with a player, just, okay, here's an example. I was working with a player, this kid the other night, and when he came in and started shooting, we hadn't worked together in a while because of this COVID-19 stuff was going on. He used to always kind of stick his right leg out just a little bit. And so I kind of let it slide. You know, I didn't want to worry about too much about him trying to get his feet directly up underneath him because he had good balance. But then I noticed when we came back from all this COVID stuff, that right leg went out a little bit further. And he was putting a lot of weight on his left foot. So, I, you know, we started we started our training. We saw that. And so I had to do block. We had to stop it and break it down and really work on him getting his right foot underneath him. So we exaggerated it. And I almost had him square when we were working on him stepping into it. Now, I want you square. I want you square. I want you square. Because my thing was I knew that he wasn't going to shoot that way. And I told him that. I said, look, you may not ever shoot like that. You might not ever shoot where your feet are square, which is perfectly fine. But by me exaggerating that, maybe your foot won't get so far outside your body. You see what I'm saying? So, and 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 then what, what ended up happening was by the end of that training session, he could tell the difference. He knew when his foot got too far wide, and when he needed to bring it in. So he, he got to a point where he was able to auto-correct his, not necessarily mistake, but being a little bit better, more efficient. He had that feel. So as he started to develop that feel, I knew that we could move on to some other things because we were doing block, just block shooting. I throw it to him. He catch, step into it, jump up and shoot. He'd do it right a couple of times, and then he'd do it wrong. And I said, could you feel that one? Could you, t- could you tell the difference between that and the other shot? Yeah, yeah, I can tell the difference. So, all right, let me see you make the correction. So he catch, make the correction. Then we would keep doing it some more, and I would see his leg go back out. And I wouldn't say anything to him because I wanted to see if he could figure it out on his own. Next one, he's stepping to it better. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's starting to get it. So we can, we can kind of move on from this, okay? So uh, random drills. So when to use random drills, how to use them effectively in one-on-one training. This is when you want to test a player's ability to perform the skill or technique under stress with, a, with the defense. Okay, And I have some, some tips on that. Actually, let me come back to that. I'm going to come back to that one. All right. Um, when to use random drills. Now, you can throw players in the fire. Just throw them in the fire to evaluate them. That's always good. You have a player, you want to see how they do, just throw them in the fire. See if they burn to a crisp or if they come out unscathed. Uh, it's a good, good way to, to, to evaluate them. Uh, see if the player can autocorrect. Just like I was doing with, with that particular player, uh, we would do some, 
we would go from the block drills into some random shooting and I would evaluate. I didn't even look to see if he made the shot. I didn't even look at the ball. I was looking at his feet the whole time. Throw it to him. Look at his feet. Yep. Okay. He getting he getting up. Oh, he made a mistake. Let me see. Let me see what he's doing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he getting it. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, and that's just what I would do. And then I can see if he's able to autocorrect or make those adjustments. How do they respond to those mistakes? If they step in, if that kid stepped into it the wrong way, is he still going to shoot it? Or is he going to pass it back to him? I think I heard, I think it was Dave Love that was talking about how, you know, we're not going to ever just shoot a perfect shot. But we have to be able to shoot through our flaws. And that's something I've really been stressing a lot to my players. Sometimes when you instruct a player, especially a um, a younger player, they want to do it correctly. They want to be right. They want to do it almost near perfect. And they'll start to do something and they'll stop. I'm like, why did you stop? Oh, I didn't do this right. And say, well, are you going to stop in the middle of a game because you didn't do it right? Or are you going to shoot the basketball? Oh, well, I, I was shooting. So you got to shoot it here. So I tell players, even though I'm, I'm showing you how to do it correctly, it doesn't have to be perfect. And we also have to learn to shoot through our flaws or our mistakes. If my elbow flies out, I still got to shoot the ball. I can't come down and say, hold on, Mr. Referee, let's do that again. Let's reset this up. I, I messed up. Let, let me try that again. It don't work like that. Uh, so even if your elbow flies out and you shoot it or you're off balance and you shoot it, can you concentrate and shoot through your flaws or through your mistakes and still be able to make the shot? And even if you make the shot, do you have the maturity and the understanding to know even or even though I made it or despite the fact that I made it, I still need to make the adjustment on the next shot so my shot would be more efficient? Okay, so that's something that the players have to understand. How do they respond to their mistakes? Do they shut down? Do they beat themselves up? I've had a lot of players leave out of my sessions with a busted lip, a broken nose, and a black eye because they beat themselves up, not because I did something to them. Y'all will get that maybe on the – by the time you get to wherever you're, you're going, wherever you're driving to. Okay? <laughs> All right. So let's get back to this last thing real quick, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up and let you go. Um, so with random drills, how to use them effectively in a, in a one-on-one training – you test a player's ability to perform the skill or technique under stress, you know, with the defense. Now, in the very beginning, you heard me say that I don't play defense against the players. There are some players that I will play one-on-one with at the end of my session. And I do that based on that kid's mentality. Okay. If it's a high school kid and they are cocky or they talking about they could beat me, Okay, give me a couple minutes. Let me warm up. Actually, no, I don't even warm up. I just go out there and play them. Okay, sometimes with the high school kids, I just go out there and play them. And I test them and see how they do. If it's a younger player, I could do the same thing. I'm testing them to see how they do. Okay, so I don't always play defense against them in drills. Okay, I don't have the energy. I, you know, I'm 41, and if I got four or five sessions in a row, I'm not going to go out there and guard everybody, putting their hand up, doing all that different type of things, okay? So I won't necessarily do that. But if I have the opportunity or if, if they have a brother or a partner 
even though this is talking about one-on-one, this is a little bonus on how you can do this with a defense. I have what I guess you can consider a defensive flow. We could throw them in the fire, or what I can do is I can start with guided defense. Guided defense could be if I do guard them, you know, let's say they cut from the corner to the wing, they catch, I guard them, they drive baseline for a right-handed layup, and I'm just, I'm just, it's a guided defense. I'm, I'm running with them. Hey, just go up, shoot the layup. Don't worry about me. Go up, shoot the layup, and we'll rep that four or five, six times. Then we can work on a defensive option. Okay, defensive option. This is where I would give them a read. And it could be two or three different choices to make the offense have to react. Okay? So they could be cutting. I could jump the passing lane like I'm trying to steal it. And we we might have worked on catching it, pivoting, and then going to the rim. I, they might take off and I might be behind them. And because we might have worked on on um, running through the catch. They might catch it, curl, or, dri- or like a dribble curl. They catch it, they, the defender's behind them, and they're curling to the basket for the layup or a pull-up jumper. Or they can catch it, and I just get in front, I just play regular defense, and now they got a different set of reads. You know, how are we attacking their high leg? What are we trying to do? Are, are they hands low? Are my hands high? You know, what do you need to do with the basketball? It's a number of different things that we can do um, with that. So I can start with guided defense. So, okay, let me back up. This would be this would be the best way to explain it. Guided defense. They catch. I keep my hands low. They rip high. They go to the basket, shoot a layup. Okay, we do that a couple of reps. Block training. That's block. Okay. They come back, hands high. They rip it, go to the basket. Or sweep it, go to the basket. Again, that's block training, but it's it's with a defense, right? So then I give them an option. This is where a little randomness come in. So now they come up, they catch. I put my hands high, whoop, they go low, okay? I put my hands low, they go high. Third time, I may put my hands low again. Oh, they know they got to go high. Then next time they may come back, I may put my hands high. They go low. Then sometimes I may just have my hands to the side and see which which way they want to go and see how they can make a decision. So I always try to throw something out there at them, okay? And then the last one, the last flow, so we got guided defense, we got the defensive option where they give, they, they make the offense have to make a choice or make a read. The last one is just live defense. We're just going live. You catch the ball, you know, I'm going to guard you and let's see what you can do. Okay, you know, can you get to the rim and can you can you get to the rim and finish? Can you create separation and get into your pull up? You know, what 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 you gonna do? It's just live one on one. So we can go one, two, three, guided defense. The defense gives the gives their options to make the offense react, and then we can get into live defense. Or we could flip it and we can do live defense and evaluate that player. And then go to guided defense and defensive options. So we can do that two different ways. Or you might want to go live defense, the defensive option, and then into guided defense. 
There are times I just remove guided defense and just tell them, my hands low, you go high, my hands high, you go low. And then let them come up, make the read real quick. So those are some of the things that I do. So I hope this went a little bit longer than I thought, but I hope you were able to get something out of this. Block drills versus random drills, how to use them effectively in one-on-one training. I appreciate everyone that's been listening to my show. Um, Again, this can be found on all media uh, podcasts, media uh, platforms with Spotify, Google Play, you know, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, I I really want to continue to to get the word out to as many coaches as possible. So if you're listening to this, share this on your on your Twitter. Be sure to tag SDP uh, underscore podcast on Twitter, or you can tag me at NBNBball, and I'll be re- be sure to. Uh, show much appreciation for it. So here's my website. If anybody want to know anything about what I do or any service that I have, or you just want to get in contact with me, y'all be sure to go to my website, tjonesfirm.com. If you want to shoot me an email, be sure to email me at info at tjonesfirm.com. If you have questions about skill development, if you need guidance, if you need help, let me know. And I'll be, I will be more than happy to help you out. Um, I just updated my point guard manual. I just updated this. I released it years ago, like 2015, and it had like 40 pages with some workouts and everything. Now this thing has grown to 76 pages. It has workouts or micro workouts, which is just three, four, or five drills that a player can do to work on a particular skill, whether it's three-point shooting, whether it's finishing or working out of the pick and roll. And they can do these do these drills um, in like 20 minutes. Just a little micro workout. You know, I know players are at home. They, we got this COVID-19 going, so you may not be able to get to a gym. You may only, you know, you got 20, 30 minutes. You want to work on something, don't know what to work on. You can get one of these workouts and do it. Uh, but it's 76 pages. It's got workouts. It's got drills. It's got skill development info. It's got a point guard checklist. It's got the whole nine. Um if you go to my website, tjonesfirm.com, when you get there, there's a pop-up. Like, first thing you see, boom, pop-up. Picture of me, and then you can enter your email address. When you enter your email address, it'll take you where you need to go. Okay? Boom. Right there. You see the picture of me. It's in black and white. All right. So, <laughs> y'all go to my website, tjonesfirm.com. And that'll pop up, put your email address in there, it'll send you a couple of emails, and then it'll send you directly where you need to go to download it. Also, my book, the Skill Development Playbook, is available. It's been out for over a year. Um, guys, I'm just be honest with y'all. I've I've gotten a lot of some really good feedback on it. I gotta do a better job. I, I know I mention this every week on my podcast, but I gotta do a better job of uh talking about my book. It's it's really a good book. It's 10 chapters. It's an easy read. It's right about 78 pages. So if you're a reader, you can get that done in one day, less than a day, maybe an hour, two hours, depending on how fast you read. But it gives you a lot of information about skill development, a lot of stuff that I talk about, not drills. Drills to me is the easy part, but just some good information on skill development. So y'all go to my website, tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. 
All the information about my book is there. You can get the paperback for $9.99. You can get the PDF version for $3.95. Uh, you can get it directly from me. Or you can go to Amazon and click in a search box and just type in Skill Development Playbook. It'll pop up. It's $9.99 to order through Amazon. It's $3.99 for the Kindle version. And they'll ship it right out to you. Also, I'm offering virtual training. With all this stuff going on with COVID-19, um, I actually have a few players that I've been working with virtually. Um, I give them some guidance on skill development, what to do. We do a whole evaluation. Uh, they do a skill assessment online. I watch them uh, go through some drills. I put them through online. And then I come up with an a improvement plan for them to do. Talk about some different drills and different skills I need to do. And then I give them support throughout the month. And they have the option also to record part of their workout in one-minute clips, send it to me. I give them feedback on it, send it back to them. And so it's, it's, it's going pretty good so far. So y'all be sure to be sure to check that out. tjonesfirm.com forward slash virtual hyphen training. And it has all the information on there about that. Also, if you want to connect with me on social media, uh, I am active on Twitter and Instagram. Y'all be sure to follow me on both of those platforms at NBNBball. All right, that is it. This podcast is longer than I wanted to go, but it's all to the good. I feel like I gave y'all some good information. Again, if you if you're liking my podcast, if you're liking what I'm what I'm giving you, uh, please let me know. Uh, give me a five-star rating on, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google, or whoever else asks ratings. And be sure to tell your circle about it so we can continue to get better uh, at skill development. Because skill development is not just about the drills. It's way more than that. But I appreciate y'all. And until next week, thank y'all. God bless.